to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. God bless you, my friends. This is Evangelist Kevin Wagner, founder of Wagner Ministries International, welcoming you to our podcast today. When a family moved to another state, a major disappointment was leaving the church where they had worshipped for 10 years. Their pastor exhorted them to find a gospel-preaching church in their new community. Well, the family uh, tried two churches. The first certainly honored Christ, but it was a shabby storefront affair whose members appeared low on the social scale. The family wondered if they might find a place of worship with middle-class members where their children might know some friends from their neighborhood. Not far from their residence, they discovered a large church with an impressive sanctuary and affluent members. Many of their children's friends attended Sunday school there. On their first Sunday, Easter, the sermon dealt with the risen Christ and His presence with people today. They visited a few more Sundays, hearing references to the divine Christ and the inspired Bible. A month later, they joined. About three months later, a feeling of uneasiness enveloped the parents when their children brought home the news from Sunday school that the way Jesus fed the 5,000 was by getting the lad with the loaves and fishes to bring out his lunch, thus encouraging everyone else to take out his dinner bag. The parents listened more intently to the sermons, but the language seemed so sound. It took them another nine months to discover that when the preacher spoke of the risen Christ, he meant that only his influence had emerged from the tomb, not his body. When he spoke of an inspired Bible, he meant that the Bible was inspired like the writings of Shakespeare, but not infallible. The family withdrew to join the storefront church, which now was planning to erect a modern sanctuary. Their children found friends from their street in this Sunday school. But that family lost one year of spiritual growth because they lacked discernment. Friends, discernment is the ability to distinguish between the spirit of truth and the spirit of evil. It's being able to know the difference between something that's from God and something that just pretends to be. It's the ability to spot a phony before others see through his mask. The Bible tells us that every Christian needs to be able to tell good from evil, right from wrong. Hebrews 5.14 says that mature Christians have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. In Acts 17.11, the Christians in the region of Berea were complimented for, as the Bible says, examining the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. 1 John 4 verse 1 strongly tells us all not to believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. While every Christian is responsible for not being spiritually naive, it's also true that some Christians are given a special gift from the Holy Spirit called discernment, which allows them to distinguish between spirits very well. These are very important people in any church, and they need to be recognized as very important people in all of our churches. The Bible talks about people with such a gift in 1 Corinthians 12, where it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now friends, while all of those gifts of the Holy Spirit are important and needed in our church and every church, God has directed me today to focus on what 1 Corinthians 12 calls the ability to distinguish between spirits. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 18. The Bible says, One day as we were going down to a place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day, until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly, it left her. Friends, here's a remarkable story. Do you really see what's happening here? Paul and his buddies are in Greece, walking around the big city of Philippi, telling everyone they meet about Jesus. And right beside them, day after day, is their fan. Not a fan club, mind you, but one fan. A young person who hung around with them and attracted crowds to the missionaries by screaming, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now, what she was saying was true, totally true. It would be like if someone followed Michael Jordan around on a cross-country tour and said, this is the best guard in NBA history. He's won six NBA championships. Now, that's all true too, isn't it? After a while of this, though, both Paul and MJ would probably start getting tired of being stalked and put an end to it. In Paul's case, he did. But not just because it was getting annoying. You see, Paul had the gift of discernment, and he knew there was something more behind her words than just fan talk. Verse 18 says, This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her. Now, notice, Paul spoke to the spirit in the girl, not the girl herself. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. Now, since Paul had the gift of discernment, he knew that ultimately it wasn't really the girl talking, but rather the fortune-telling spirit that controlled the girl. Well, how did Paul know that? I mean, the words she said sounded good, didn't they? Well, friends, lots of words back then and in our lives today sound good. But not all good words and actions are from God. Paul knew this. He'd seen this before. And Jesus gave him the strength to deal with it sharply. In Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas met Alimus, a sorcerer and false prophet, who opposed them. 
The Bible says, Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, You son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, the enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. Peter had seen this before. In Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira generously donated money to the young Christian church. Yet the Holy Spirit permitted Peter to see into their hearts and uncover their godless motives. Peter saw through their seemingly generous act and exposed them. Again, in Acts chapter 8, Peter met a man named Simon, a sorcerer who, after seeing the power of the Holy Spirit that rested in Peter, said to him, Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sounds like a nice godly request, doesn't it? But Peter's gift of discernment caused him to see behind the words and into the spirit of the request. And so Peter said to him, May your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Powerful stuff, isn't it? Truly, each one of us is involved in spiritual warfare today. If we are lovers of Jesus... Satan's trying to do whatever he can to get us back. For those listening today who still may not have fallen in love with Jesus, Satan's doing all he can to keep you away from Christ. A big way he does this is by using counterfeits, cheap imitations of God's best. That's why for Christ there is the Antichrist. For true prophets there are false prophets. For true apostles there are false apostles. Apostles. For wheat, there are tares. For sheep, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. For the Holy Spirit and holy angels, there are unclean spirits. How do we tell the genuine from the counterfeit? For this, we need discernment. The gift of discernment is the special ability God gives to some Christians, which permits them to know with assurance whether certain behavior supposed to be from God, is in reality divine or inspired by the enemy. We need this gift today. You need this gift today. In North America, there are over 10,000 full-time and almost 200,000 part-time astrologers. Virtually all major newspapers across Canada are now advertising courses in parapsychology and the phenomena of the occult in an academic, quote-unquote, setting. Over 40 million North Americans admit to dabbling in some form of the occult. Anton LaVey, the writer of the of over quarter-million bestseller, The Satanic Bible, has over 10,000 members in his Satanic Church in San Francisco alone. The recent resurgence of Druids, witchcraft, and paganism in mainstream North American culture, including our public school system, is nothing short of remarkable.
Friends, like it or not, we are in the thick of battle. And sometimes people look at the artillery of the enemy, like the statistics I just quoted you, and say, wow, that's really powerful. <laughs> I don't say that. And friends, you don't need to either. I look at that stuff and I laugh because I know that the power of Jesus is infinitely greater than the power of the enemy. This doesn't mean that I'm immune from attack. In fact, there have been many times that my family and I have been attacked in our lives. Laughing at the enemy's artillery doesn't mean we're naive, thinking it could never happen to us because we're close to Jesus. Rather, what it does mean is that we know what fronts the battle is raging on. And we deal a swift, Jesus-inflicted blow through prayer in that area. That's where discernment comes in. Knowing which battles to fight and who you are fighting against. Paul knew that. He knew this battle wasn't against the girl, but the spirit in her. And he laid that spirit out cold through the power of Jesus. You can do the same. Because if you're a lover of Jesus today, then... You've got the same spirit in you that Paul had. You know, as I was thinking about these Bible verses, a rather interesting thought entered my mind that sometimes happens. That occasionally does happen, you know. Usually when we see the enemy hanging around Christians, like the young woman did with Paul, we may think that Satan is drawn to God's people to tempt them back to him because he's already got everyone else. Well, that's true, but... Here's another scene that you can add to the big picture. Maybe another reason that the enemy and his demons hang so closely to men and women of God is that a part of them, trapped in the shadowy confines of the eternal past, is still attracted to God's goodness, remembering in those painful mnemonic moments what they once had but can have no more. I like that thought. Because it reminds me that God's goodness is ours to share when Jesus is the ruler of our lives. On the Monday morning of April 25th, 1907, over a hundred years ago, people going to work in London, England were shocked to see chalked on the front of the famous city temple the word Ichabod. The newspapers carried pictures of the unspeakable desecration in their afternoon editions. A week or so later, a house painter came forward voluntarily to admit that he had chalked the word early that Monday morning. Asked in court why he had done such a sacrilegious thing, the house painter replied, Dr. Parker told me to do it. Dr. Parker, the former pastor, was long since dead. The puzzled court asked for an explanation. The painter explained that he was a Christian and regular attendant at the city temple during the days when Dr. Joseph Parker was the preacher. He told how Dr. Parker had said that if ever the false gospel of the higher critics was preached in that place, Ichabod, which means the glory is departed, should be written over the front of the building. I did what Dr. Parker asked me to, sir. The painter, perhaps rash in his action, was right in his discernment. Many related how Dr. Parker's successor described cherished fundamental tenets of the evangelical faith as childish things to be put away, even deriding forgiveness by blood as slaughterhouse religion. Not everything religious, friends, 
should be accepted as truly Christian and biblical. To distinguish the counterfeit from the genuine, we need discernment. 1 Corinthians 12 says we should want the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including discernment. Ask the Holy Spirit today to give you this gift. And stay close to people in your life who have this gift, because God has given this gift to us to keep us away from the lies of the enemy and close, wonderfully close, to the truth of Jesus. As always, my friends, I look so forward to our next podcast where we will move further into the book of Acts as the Holy Spirit uses His Word to help us walk daily in the power of God. Have a blessed day in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org.